You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. Welcome listeners to Mother of All Solutions on Saturday the 15th of August. I'm recording in my home. It's, what is it? It's about midday, I think. The kids have gone out to the park with their dad. I'm sat in what's our... Roots bed, spare bedroom, stroke playroom, stroke now office, <laughs> surrounded by not only cushions for the recording, but also camping kit um, and the usual plethora of toys. Um, so that's where I'm sat. I've got a quiet moment. I'm sitting here reflecting on the podcast and what we've achieved over the past year. So for those of you who follow on Twitter, you'll have seen that I was celebrating our one year launch anniversary. So at the beginning of this month, we had a party, um, which is amazing to think that they happened. Um, So we had a party down in Brixton. I was very nervous at the time. I had Owen, who's obviously supported throughout the podcast story, um, there with me, my mum, some of my best friends. But I was also like, will anybody else come? And luckily they did. Um, We didn't have a massive gathering, but lots of neighbourhood friends the people that I'd already recorded. I think we had three episodes recorded at that point. Um, Some of their friends, um, some friends of friends, and it was a really great atmosphere. A colleague from work who was on maternity leave came with her baby, and that just made the night for me because it felt really real and relevant. Um, Because as you know, or if you don't know, um, the podcast is mainly around stories from mums navigating a return to work The premise being that it came from my experience from my second maternity leave and my reflections on thinking about what I could do within my own remit to balance my return to work at that point and what was possible and all the conversations I was having with other parents around what they were doing and what careers they were from and how they managed it and balanced it all. And I just thought there was something really special in those stories to share. So that's what we've been trying to do over the past year. Um, we've built up more episodes. So we launched, we already had three recorded last August in 2019. Um, we've now got up to 18 episodes, um, which is fantastic. Um, you know, growing slowly, steadily. Um, so we thank you everyone who's who's listened. I, I genuinely um, appreciate it. This is all new to me. Never made a podcast before. Not from a journalistic audio background. So it's just fantastic to explore this and, and hear from women who are doing fantastic things and some dads too and people from different backgrounds careers um types of family situations and just building up this this portfolio of understanding of what people are going through and what we can do better what the solutions are out there and if you follow me on twitter at solutions mother i retweet a lot of articles and content from other people also exploring this topic and if you don't follow um please do because it's a great way to stay connected So yeah, staying connected. Where we're at now with the podcast is this is going to be our last episode for a few months. Um, It's a compilation. I'm really excited about it. We're going to pull together some clips from previous episodes from the past year and use it as a reflection point. I think we've all reflected a lot during lockdown um, and during the pandemic and we're keeping on doing that. But we need to take time to sort of pause properly really with the podcast and plan ahead. So what I'll be thinking to do with the compilation is just share some of the stories, really share some of the highlights. And I'm not just going to share highlights of mine. 
I'm going to share highlights of other mums who came along to the launch event. They're going to say a little bit about themselves and then select an episode to play something from. Something that resonated with them, something that they learnt from, something that they had a shared experience with. So we're going to let those mums um, tell tell the story of the podcast, tell the story of Mother of All Solutions through their choices. And I think that's a really nice way to sort of mark where we're at with everything. So those clips will be playing shortly. Um, so just a bit of personal reflection from me. Um, I think I've been on a fantastic journey with this. Um, I still enjoy making the podcast, but I realise I've missed meeting people and recording in person with people. I mean, I'm, I'm really proud that we managed to do those remote co- recordings most recently with Mummy Harry and then before with Jemima, who is the campaigner around um, Mums for Lungs. And then before that with Emma, the teacher who runs the Maternity Teacher Paternity Teacher Project. I'm really proud that those women embraced it and recorded with me and they're very special episodes, but it would be fantastic to be able to record with people in person again. So we're going to look at how we do that for season two. Um, we've also, as you'll have noticed, labelled the episodes by the role that that person, that mother or those parents together take. So for example, the business owner, the shared parental leave. I'm going to be thinking more broadly than that. How do we take some of the themes and topics and explore those rather than it being too much on the individual, although obviously those personal stories will still shine through. Um, Also, because we're at this really important time where change could come, you know, we're obviously in this, the beginning of this recession um, furlough, we haven't seen how that's fully going to play out as it ends and people start to be not just returning to jobs, but losing jobs. You know, there's a lot of pressure on people out there in the job market Um, And as Mother of All Solutions is around that balance between work and parenting, there's going to be a lot of impact to play out that it's not all going to be good. So I think we need to really pause and think about what stories we tell that are about solutions and, you know, keeping that campaign element going that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Like, how can we make things better and not just better, but different if they need to be different so we're going to do some reflection on that before we start recording a season of a second season um which i hope you'll look forward to um if you are new to the podcast and you haven't listened to any of the previous episodes obviously this compilation will give you a flavor of it but do delve back into the archive um it's not massive as i say 18 episodes so it's manageable to listen through if you do like it I please encourage you to rate, share and subscribe. It really helps build an audience for us, um, which as we're doing it as our little side project, um, we really need some support on. So appreciate you doing that. And as I've mentioned, there's the Twitter at Solutions Mother, or if you're not on Twitter, but want to reach out to me and tell me something about it or suggest something or even put yourself forward to participate, you can email motherofallsolutions at gmail.com. Yeah, so we're going to hear some of the stories um, through the clips and through the people that have chosen those clips. Um, I'm really excited to play that with you. Um, Without further ado, we'll start with our first clip. Hi, I'm Sarah Fox and I work as a product designer in Trainline. 
I have a toddler son and a terrier dog, both who are full of beans. A year ago, I was easing back into work after maternity leave, working four days a week, easing up my saved holidays to afford a day off a week. Now, my wee man has started nursery again this week after 100 days in lockdown, and I'm back to flexi time. I work a nine-day fortnight, which gives me a day off every two weeks that I spend with my son. I'm so lucky that I work in a place that encourages flexible working, and I would love to see it available for everybody in the country. My favorite episode of this podcast is called The Shared Parental Leave, because it was something that my husband and I did, and I'm always interested to hear how other people in the same boat got on. I'm loving the podcast. Keep it up. terms of time frames mm. you know if we how we wanted to split it whether mm. whether it be six months six months eight months four months mm. i think that that stays within our power within your rights my understanding you. of the okay. legislation is that we we can sort of dictate those terms i think so and how did you split it then how did you organize your your share so i do remember this conversation so i remember us we do i think we'd we knew in our bones we were going to do shared parental leave. Yeah. Like, it just made sense. Yeah. And I don't remember it ever being a question. Um, but then, the, then obviously, it's like, how do you carve up uh-huh. that year? And I think John started that conversation tentatively suggesting that we would be... Because we were doing this for in a just and fair way, that it would be six months, six months. Yeah. And then that I had a different idea about what I thought was just and fair <laughs> in this context. Yeah. Um, uh, because when I, well, yeah, when so then I suggested, well, maybe like eight months, four months would be, eight months for me, four months There's for him. bargaining going on, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because, also, because it's, it's our first child and, and it's the first baby I've ever had and I don't know how, how, I'm, how yeah. it's going to go. And I was pretty sure the first month or so might not, uh, I might be recovering from things yeah. physically yeah. as well as getting used to having a baby. So they're, they're, di- they're completely different experiences of that, my six months or his six months, yeah. you know. Um, so we uh, we discussed that. And I, and I remember you being very um, accepting of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we came... If there wasn't a, it wasn't a long, drawn-out conversation. Yeah, I think yeah, we pretty quickly got to the idea that we'd, we'd split it eight months, four months. Okay. And you had a bit of an overlap as well. So within that, yeah. And I think I probably, when you told me something about you were going to travel the world at one point in your overlap, (laughs) I did this like, oh, this smug parent of a second child. I was like, (laughs) Um, and then you're like, no, then we went to DIY options. We had amazing, we had so many amazing plans, which we were going to, we were, we were going to travel the world. We were kind of picking all those hotspots where we could go to go and have amazing warm weather in December and it was going to be great. And then when we back, we did backtrack from that and we decided that we'd get all of the kind of leftover bits of DIY done whilst there were two of us around the house so we could really finish, finish it off and have a really kind of beautiful home for Manon to grow up in. And, um, and then the, when we did a bit of DIY-ish. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I technically I went back to work after eight months and then because I used my annual leave uh, we had a six-month overlap. Six-week. Okay. Six-week, sorry. Sorry, yeah. six-week. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And we made a list of 7,000 things that we were going to achieve in those six weeks. And we achieved a couple of them and bought some Christmas presents. And that was about it. And then on Christmas. And we had a really nice time together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was, that was, I mean, it was the most amazing privilege to have that time as yeah. a, just as the three of us. And it was kind of beyond the, it was beyond the, the the first bit which is I mean, it's kind of magical but it's also exhausting and uh this Alien was and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was really it felt like really it felt very indulgent yeah. to have that time as a as a family i think we feel differently about that time because i think you were come you'd been at work for six no eight eight months seven and a half months yeah. and so you just stepped into your leave so it was a magical mystery tour of, of not of not being at work and being with Manon and me whereas I was coming to the end of my leave mm. and so I found that time it was really great to all be together but I I found that there was an edge to that experience because it was coming to a close and yeah and also probably as most mothers listening can like empathize with you're also trying to work out what your return to work looks like which isn't always a straightforward process so even if you're like keen to go back and you're like into your job which you are you you still have to work out exactly how it's going to work and there's some pressures and some confusions along the way so you probably had all that sort of simmering am I right in assuming that or is that yeah because I just didn't know how it was going to be it was all Mm. so new and you just don't know how it's going to feel but Mm. but I think that's one of the huge benefits of shared parental leave was that I didn't have to go back to work and get go through the process of putting man on in nursery all at the same time. Yes, okay. I think this is like mm. where it holds huge value for me and my experience is because I then had two and a half, three months of being at work and yeah. getting used to being at work and then coming home and John being with man on. Yeah. And that just felt so normal and usual it wasn't it wasn't an abrupt break yes. um the transition was yeah the transition was so much more gentle mm. um and I really appreciated that so I could get my feet back under my desk at work yeah um without too much stress of yeah. worrying about my non. yeah well that kind of rush to get in and get back is yeah a bit which the, is that pressure was off a weeny bit then Yeah, so that first week was really quiet and then the week after it started to ramp up and I started to get projects and um, and then I started to get a little bit... I suppose it's paranoid um, about just not necessarily feeling connected to everyone and realising you have to rebuild all those relationships a bit, yes, like they need yeah. managing. Um, and while everyone's being very lovely... Yeah. And I work with lots of lovely people. Um, the whole thing is just bizarre. The whole thing is mm. so strange. Mm. Um, and I don't think people necessarily understand how weird it mm. is as an experience yeah. to have had someone else doing your job and doing your job well mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. really uh, looking after it for you uh, to then come back and step into that um, just feels strange for everyone involved. Yeah. And it would be nice for people to just say that out loud it's just as weird for the person who's been there as it is for the person who hasn't been there I think Mm. the whole thing and so that was for me it was like a real challenge for Mm. to manage those relationships and I tried really hard Mm. and my colleagues tried really hard 
um, to like to be honest about what was mm. what was going on. I think I think just generally it's a people management mm. um, issue, yeah. um, and maybe it's one of those things whereby if you haven't experienced it, mm. it's really difficult to understand yeah. um, how to help. Yeah. Hi, I'm Manny. I'm an architect and mum to Nora and Erica, who are four and one. A year ago, I was on maternity leave and planning my return to work in the October with the same arrangement as I'd negotiated after my first child, which was compressing four and a half days into four. That is what I'm now doing, although working from home at the moment. And thankfully, the children are back at nursery. My favourite Mother of All Solutions episode is um, probably either the episode on shared parental leave, which is a great thing to do, I think, although I (laughs) didn't do it. And um, also the episode with the stay-at-home mum, which was really interesting and experienced very different to my own and I think a wonderful thing to do. I would like to see support for better pay and allowances for paternity leave and shared parental leave, whilst at the same time protecting aspects of maternity leave. And as my generation become more senior in the workplace, I'd like to see us enabling and supporting flexibility for parents, even if that's something that we haven't benefited from. Although I do feel judged sometimes by some people that say, oh, you don't work. I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mum. I get that a lot. Quite surprised, yeah. So you... You can sense them judging or being surprised. Surprised and uh, I, f- I feel a little bit judged, yeah. And actually, when I meet mums that work full-time, they, they try and justify them working full-time and yeah, feel, they yeah, feel yeah. bad about not spending time with their children. So you can't... I just feel like no one can really the win The guilt is real all around, yeah. It is very it? much, it's yeah. All around. And actually, from, you know, mm. from my, my family, mum's like, you know, look after your children. So there's a bit of pressure from there as well. Like an expectation of them culturally, yeah. what they yeah, did. Yeah, mum did it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's like, why do you want anyone? And I'm like, absolutely, I want to look after my children. I really do. Mm. And so that's kind of like... And they're very supportive of what I've, the decision I've made. Mm. So, you know. But then on the reverse I mean we all and that's why we shouldn't judge each other for whatever decisions we mm. make but, but it happens right yeah um like I had Colette who has been interviewed before look after role as the child as a professional child minder mm. and actually Colette was such a positive influence on yeah Ro, but we got very lucky with Colette mm, and, right one, yeah. but I also think she helped in a way with things around like Rowan's food and like lots of stuff that mm. I was struggling mm. with yeah. and that's why we shouldn't judge should we because we all like navigate and mm. make decisions we all have different scenarios with partners or being single parents or whatever mm. industries we are in that mm. might change so yeah mm. we need to move away from that mm. but it does make it hard we, we we've had big conversations together haven't we around how we're going to label this podcast yeah Nothing. yeah yeah. Like, and you're all right with the phrase stay at home um, yeah, which is you're owning it yeah I am yeah. Yeah. I think that's great though because yeah. yeah. I had a, a short period of being a stay at home what yes. would be classed as a stay yeah. at home mum so Maria and I have known each other so for two years of us knowing each other I was a stay at home mum yeah. um, but I really struggled with that as a label okay. and uh, even like my Instagram, oh, I'm look, called yeah. Stay Outdoor Mum. You are. I love it. You because are. I really, really struggled with the idea because yeah. 
to be honest, even if I wanted to be at home, my kids would not allow me to stay at home. <laughs> like, my, you know, that saying, kids really do need airing. Mm, and, yeah. I, and I really struggled. And Because I think in my mind, I thought, what is a stay-at-home mum doing? Yeah. Like, what are they, you know, are they just sitting there? Is the child, you know, entertaining itself with a puzzle? Mm. And, and the mum is, you know, you know what, what, is, what, what is that role? And I think it is a tricky one. I think mm. it does potentially need another label but that's I'm saying that from my perspective whereas you're saying yeah but they're yeah. quite comfortable yeah. yeah I mean I mean I don't know what other people think I do all day I certainly don't sit at home having a cup of coffee and put a tv on for her that's one mm-hmm. I'm not lazy in that regards and I think no, people do think that you know maybe some stay-at-home mums you know it's, it's, it's lazy they're just lazy you know? what about full-time mum full-time we're all full-time mums you're yes, you're yes. a full-time mum I mean you know you're yeah. always a mum but I don't know. Yeah, you don't get down. Yeah, you don't get the downtime. I think actually, if anything, I think it's harder. I think it's harder working and having kids and trying to juggle everything, trying to do all the shopping and the washing, and you're at work and you got to pick up the kids. You got to sort of childcare. You got to sort of holiday. What do you do with your kids during the holidays? I think it can be harder yeah. for, for women that work and part time and look after their kids. Well, that's why the the idea, and we've talked a lot about it, and mm. a lot of these episodes is around that flexibility, isn't mm. there? Like, you know that people but can. But also that yeah, it's also that question of why why do we feel we have to answer that as the mum mm. so why why are you know why is it hard on us not on the parent unit you mean yeah yeah why are we trying to solve that rather than mm. couples trying to solve that together mm. Mm. And some couples do solve it together they do mm. absolutely they do and I do know some good mm. examples where parents have solved it mm. but I'd say in the majority of cases that it's burden and mm. that question often falls on the mum sometimes probably they've t- taken it upon themselves yeah. to yeah. answer and solve it yeah. but also I think society tends to assume mm. that it's the mum who should work yeah. out how mm. you know how the children are raised how everything's juggled mm. you know yeah yeah who does the ordering who does the washing who does the, the planning, child care yeah. plans who does all of those who things takes the time off when the kids are ill Sick, yeah who does yeah. school call first yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's mm. a really tricky one every time any time that something happens with the children if they're sick or if mm. somebody gets hurt and one seb and i always have that you know mm. hang on who, who's gonna call work mm. yeah who, who's gonna say they can't be there mm. oh yeah who, who is it gonna be mm. because you know it should be equal yeah I'm Helen and I work in London as a strategic analytics consultant and have two kids, Fred who is two and a half and Imogen who is seven months. A year ago I was working four days a week and I'm currently on maternity leave planning to return to work at the end of the year on the same part-time basis. I found this podcast really helpful for learning what flexible working approaches are actually like in reality and the various options that are available both when it comes to planning maternity leave and also when returning to work. My favourite episode was episode 8 with Nell Bose on her approach to developing her career and aiming for senior roles while balancing having a family life. Nell spoke about setting effective work boundaries up front before starting a role and it definitely gave me food for thought when returning to work after my first child and I'll be hoping to use it again as I plan for my second return to work later this year. (music) 
So I was, I was going to ask you, you know, because it does, I think what you're saying around, you know, you do believe that you can re-enter and that you do believe that you have the ability to, you know, when you're ready, if there is a role there that is, you know, COO, CEO, whatever it happens to be, but a job where there is a lot of pressure and where it's on you, th- 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 that mindset that you will be able to do it is something that I mean I find that inspiring because I don't think I necessarily have that and I think there are a lot of people particularly women who don't um you know people talk about things like imposter syndrome and the belief that you know someone's going to find you out you know you're going to be in there and one day you're going to be found out you know who is this who is everybody has imposter syndrome so you know yeah (laughs) they do they do but women in particular do struggle with it you know it's that you got a fact on this lily because i always love your facts (laughs) (laughs) i I, I will try and hunt one down i don't have one at the moment but i do know can i tell you my best imposter syndrome tip which i heard probably on a podcast um which is fabulous which is to turn around to yourself and go all right yeah i am an imposter I totally am an imposter. So what is it that they're going to find out about me? And you write it down and you realise what the thing that you're really worried about. And quite often it turns out to be quite a small thing, possibly, Mm. you know, not a key part of your job or your role. And actually when you start Mm. to go, if they found out about this about me, do you think that would probably be okay? Because I can still do all of this stuff. (laughs) And I was like, and you're oh. like, and other people are doing that. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's. I think that's where I was going with this. Was you know, so you do have that belief. So what is it? You know, it. You know, how do you get to a point where you think, oh gosh, you know, I can do this? What is it? You know, with every change that you've had, with the decisions you've made, that real self belief that you can do that if you choose to. I think so. A, I don't have it all the time. No, so okay, it comes fair, and goes, fair. and sometimes mm. I'm more confident than others. Yeah. Um, and B, I've seen people doing big jobs, and they're just humans. Yeah. And often, people doing big jobs are there, kind of just sort of by the vagaries of fate, not mm-hmm. because they've got some innate essence that means that they are the perfect person for that role Mm -hmm. so so they're essentially another you any of us can do it you know be sensible and clever and kind and strong and you know Mm. go on with it sensible clever kind Kind and strong right oh there we go we've got it i love i think it's the first one i struggle with (laughs) i think it's the second one i struggle with My name is Mizzy Ajala. I work for the London Metropolitan Police Service as a police officer. I have two young children, two girls, one age six, the other age two. A year ago, and I am still currently on a career break or sabbatical uh, from the Metropolitan Police Service. Um, as I decided to take a break as I was really, really burnt out 
and struggling to cope really as a parent with um, one young child and yeah fully intending on having a second as well so I took a career break as I say that I took a career break in 2016 um, and last year um, I decided to undertake um, some training some training for potentially a new career in the National Probation Service um, to work part-time hours, flexi hours and obviously from home in some instances but I appreciate that my sort of you know the nature of my work does not always allow for that. I've listened to many of the episodes, the podcasts and all of them have managed to teach me something. My favourite episode, I would probably say, oh, it's a difficult question, but my, you know, my two favourite episodes then, I should say, are The Childminder, so episode four, and The Year and Doctor and The Academic, um, episode 11. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been it's been interesting to hear and you know I wish Laura Broderick the best of luck with this podcast because it's been really quite interesting and an eye opener and I would recommend everybody listen to it some lovely ideas um and some lovely insight so yeah enjoy the listening thank you Because you're seeing people in a very important it's very phase. And vulnerable. A vulnerable phase. So I suppose on reflection, obviously there's a professional wall and I wouldn't ever ask you to disclose too much. But yes. is there something you feel like you've taken from that? Or Definitely. Like almost some common themes you've seen from parents, not just mums at those phases that you would almost like summarise or try and reassure people about or... I don't know. I just sort of feel like you must have some really lovely insights into helping new mums, really. Yes, I mean, I, I, I like to think I have a few. Um, and I, I totally understand it because mm. I understand that caring for your child is a, the most important thing sometimes mm. that to that person, as well as, you know satisfying their own personal needs mm. and all the other stuff that goes with it life mm. job all the rest of it so mm. I appreciate that mm. and I basically had my own moments of crying which is how I ended up in this job because yeah. I just couldn't do it I couldn't juggle it yeah so I'm coming first and foremost from a place where I understand that I've been mm. there yeah so when it comes when it happens it's I'm happy to see mm. that I'm, it sounds a bit weird but I'm like good we're getting it out yeah good we get to have a chat with it and I feel really fortunate that I'm able to be part of that process mm. that somebody can cry on me or have a chat with me or just ask me anything. Yeah. And that's what I've, if what I've generally done, say for example, a parent has called and they're looking for childcare and I can't provide them with the mm. childcare space. I'm like, I really can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. I still, before they went, I always said to them, but when you do ring around, mm. always ask 
as many as questions. many questions yeah, I remember you saying because this. if somebody's not prepared to mm. answer those questions for mm. you or they feel uncomfortable because you've yeah. kind of started interrogating them yeah then then you're gonna know more and more whether you feel comfortable to yeah. leave your child with that person mm. and the reason why it's important to ask a lot of questions is because you need to be able to have dialogue with that yeah, person yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's just, a lot of the time it's going to be somebody you don't even know yeah. and you're leaving your most precious possession yeah. with a stranger yeah. how's that working for you yeah. you've got to get to know them and yeah. I think that when you build that relationship on that basis mm. then you can express yourself when you need to yeah. so I you know what I mean so yeah, I always yeah. encourage parents please ask lots of questions mm. and people say oh I don't really want to no it's mm. really important this is your child yeah. and because I understand that, that peace of mind is something that you can't put a price mm. on knowing who you've knowing you mm. can how you can have a really good dialogue and mm. good communication with the person you're who's looking after your child whether they're in a nursery mm. the school teacher if that person's available to you then anything you're going through you can you've also got that person as a support system mm. and i think support systems having you know talked to mm. you about not having children centers and child minor drop-ins yeah. as a support system i i understand that parents need a support system no matter how great or small the involvement mm. is that final clip you heard was with colette um my daughter's childminder i loved recording with Colette I mean she's she's very natural I mean it was just a beautiful time to reflect on things with her and learn more about her rather than the rushed practical day-to-day stuff that previously we previously we'd done a lot more of so I think that's really special I also think it's really special to end with that clip from Colette because childcare is going to be a massive thing going forward obviously we know that Uh, it's not back to full capacity wasn't even working at full capacity before the pandemic there's going to need to be more investment more improvements more support for the childcare providers and for parents especially if we're aiming for gender equality and not allowing women to step back into full-on domestic roles without that being their choice it cannot be pushed back to that without it being a choice so it's really I think it's a really special one to end with but also I really wanted to talk to you about some of my highlights I've got a few highlights from recording but just thinking back to it I absolutely loved going to the wow festival and that was on the 6th of March earlier this year so literally the week before everything changed and just thinking back to it now it was special in that day, in that moment, I mean, seeing how Owen was so professional with his recording and helping me and me having to step up and approach people that I didn't know, but also approach them, not in a formal email, but to actually just physically go up to people and say, hi, this is what we're doing. Would you like to give us your story? And I was overwhelmed by the positive response that people gave me so thank you if anybody who did record a segment with us then is listening from the bottom of my heart thank you it was a very very special day for lots of reasons the content was great I learned so much but just having that openness to me and to sharing experiences just really reminded me why I wanted to make the podcast so 
yeah, that's really special. And if you haven't heard, there is now the Women of the World, the WOW podcast out there. I mean, Jude Kelly just is amazing on so many levels. And I know I ask my interviewees about their role models and who they look up to. And she has to be somebody that I would cite and reference as someone I look up to. Um, She talks about the art of storytelling. She also wants to give so many voices and topics an audience and put everybody on an equal playing field and I think that's so special and she does it with professionalism and grace and impact and yeah so there you go so I'm just referencing referencing that Um, and if you do get a chance to watch or listen to any of their content that's out there and there's a lot of stuff out there they've really pivoted really well on the digital over the past couple of months so do do that so yeah the wow festival was another special day for me and yeah thank you again to those women and thank you to Owen um for that particular day um I also really enjoyed interviewing my family and I'm not going to play lots of clips from those because you know we can only fit so much in um but just listening to my mum and my brother and my sister-in-law and you know my daughter share their thoughts was just really really special um and I just want to thank them and say how impressed I've been with all of them through lockdown they've all had different things to deal with like my mum shielding and living at home alone my daughter being away from her normal patterns of school and friends my sister-in-law working in an A&E department my brother juggling and sort of increased level of childcare alongside work you know I'm just really impressed by all of them and so I wanted to to thank and share share that with them Yes, yeah, so just again, other people to thank. Uh, Roz, uh, Roz was my job share partner. I've mentioned her a few times, and Roz has produced the sound that you've heard and enjoyed in this episode. I've loved the journey of working with Roz in my paid employment, but through this podcast as well. And the sound is beautiful, so thank you to Roz for doing that. Yeah. So what can I say to finish? I just really hope the podcast has made you reflect on some of your own experiences and give you some ideas for how you can approach things going forward. Again, if you do listen and you do enjoy, please leave us a review. It would be lovely to hear from you. Um, Please spread the word. If you're on a WhatsApp group or a Facebook group or whatever it is, just if you could drop a little note and say, if anybody's interested in podcasts, here's one to to search out. you can find us on the podfollow.com forward slash M-O-A-S, MOAS. You could share that with them. Um, they can search Mother of All Solutions on any podcast channel, wherever they listen to their podcasts, and they'll find us. So thank you again for listening. It's been a really special experience, and I look forward to sharing more with you in the future. Do keep in touch. Hope everybody... Um, manages this next phase of lockdown easing or lockdown returning and I hope everybody manages to to look after themselves look after their families and not to be too harsh on themselves or others because we're all obviously just trying our best and we've got to look out for each other so thank you for listening again take care and I hope to engage with you and hear from you soon to the mother of all solutions.
The Mother of All Solutions is produced and hosted by Laura Broderick and edited by me, Owen Wainhouse. Music for this episode was specially commissioned and produced by Roz Fraser. <laughs>